What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vino Anazelli and Michael Noen. Say hello, fellas. Steve, what's going on, man? What's up, Steve? How you doing? <laughs> no, hello, hello, hello today. All right, yeah, this is weird. Up. Sorry, I'm, I'm I don't in know a if weird, I like that or not. I'm in a weird mood <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> trust, trust me, we know, we know. <laughs> we, we, well aware. <laughs> We have another great show for you guys today. Before that, please take a moment, hit the bell and subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also follow us over on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. So before we get started on the show, we got some news and notes from around the league, or just news and notes around the world, I should say, in general. And uh, the biggest news coming from the uh, UEFA and the Super League. Yeah, that was a uh, really big, big news today. A little unexpected. So whoever, you know, for anyone who hasn't heard about it so far, UEFA essentially today came out and said following proceedings against Barcelona, Juventus and Real Madrid, who were the three remaining Super League clubs not to officially pull out of the deal so far. Um, they officially they officially just dropped the case against all Super League clubs, saying they declared the proceedings null and void as if the proceeding is never op- never had been opened. And in, in addition to that, which I find unbelievable, they said in order to avoid any unnecessary co- uncomplications, UEFA will not request payment of any amount offered. That includes $22 million pounds combined between United and Liverpool, which was seen as a, a goodwill payment. So basically, long story short, nothing has happened and nothing will happen against these clubs in terms of sanctions or any type of penalties against all, all of the clubs involved, which is a little bit ludicrous, in my opinion. I just cannot fathom how this can go poorly. Have to get. <laughs> I can't even think about the scenarios that are going to come out of this um, to not to not punish because they definitely should be punished. These clubs, all clubs included, not just the ones who are still holding out is to your point ludicrous. That's the perfect word to describe it. It's it really is. Um, so we'll see what happens. And I'm sure we'll hear about the Super League in a very short period of time again, popping back up relatively soon. So. So is there. If I'm understanding that correctly, obviously they're not punishing the three teams that already or that were still remaining. And then weren't the Premier League teams supposed to face the fines that we were kind of talking about with the man? Yeah, so they were originally supposed to face fines, but it sounds like all these fines were postponed until the outcome of the court proceedings were resolved. And given that they just dropped all of them, they're not seeking any financial compensation. So anything that was agreed upon to pay no longer has to be paid, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. While it's nice, I mean, the only real repercussion any of these clubs are facing is a public image issue, which not for nothing. I know everyone still knows about the Super League, but it's not really on the forefront of anyone's mind anymore. So this is essentially just never happened at this point. Um, And it's a little bit of a dangerous precedent to send because without any type of repercussions, you have you've done nothing to try to prevent something like this or this exact thing to ever happen again. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future, because. Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus, the three remaining clubs, they they are still vehemently standing behind what they said. So, yeah, who knows at this point? A lot of those clubs, too, um, those three in particular, have had financial, well-documented financial issues in the past. So yeah. I would not be surprised to see. Bar- Real Madrid's been doing a little bit better. But um, I would not a lot be of their surprised. Debt, yeah, go ahead. A lot of their debts also, from from what I understand, it's a massive number, but it's from the stadium too. Exactly. It's not as much exactly. as like where Barcelona is more the players, players. And the transfers and a lot more 
like I'm, like Real I'm has a lot, sure lot, lot longer time is, to pay it off. I'm pretty Barcelona sure Juventus is is more the same line as like Barcelona's. Yeah, well. they are. It's, it's more player focused. Mm-hmm. So for those two, I guess those two in particular, it's gonna be they're gonna be swinging hard for a Super League or something along those lines because God knows that they need a lifeline, to say the least. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's head over to uh, the Champions League real quick. We got a couple games coming up this week for some uh, Premier League squads. Uh, over on Tuesday, we have PSG and Man City. Man City's uh, traveling over to Paris. And then we have Porto and Liverpool. Ah, uh, the oil bowl. Love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Love the it. only two teams that could have afforded Messi. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait to watch the billion-dollar Team A versus billion-dollar Team B go yeah. head-to-head. Um, uh, based on form, uh, is Messi playing or is he – He's going to be fit to play. Is he really? Fit? He returned to training, and uh, according to rumors, he's going to be ready to play. We'll Wonderful see if he starts start the whole game or if he comes off the bench, but mm. – okay. I am – I've said PSG from the beginning to win the Champions League. I – see them probably getting a draw here right now because i just don't think they're firing on full cylinders against like a city team but um still psg to win the whole thing regardless but um i'd say a draw in that, yeah in that i mean game. this is gonna be really interesting i mean no one no one spent more money over the last decade than these two teams psg is like 1.42 billion and men's city's like 1.7 over the last 10 years That's freaking nuts uh, it was interesting to hear pep today come out and say based Essentially, he said, I don't know how to stop them. He's like, honestly, I have no idea. You're talking about the three best, three of the best players in the world, if not the three best players in the world. Like, it's, we're just going to have to hope we defend well. I was like, that's not reassuring for city supporters, all two of them. But I mean, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We also got to bring, bring up the, uh, the stadium, searching the stadium. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still going to be, it's still going to be a great game to watch. This is arguably, the two best teams in the tournament, at least from an odds perspective. So yeah. this could be the game of the tournament for all we know. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I mean, if there's one game you're going to watch throughout this whole this whole year. It's it's this game. You mean you're telling me you're not going to watch Sheriff versus Real Madrid tomorrow for the potential upset of the century? <laughs> <laughs> a little, little little rude of you there, Vita. <laughs> if they win, I will be a Sheriff fan for life. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to that. This is recording. That's it. Uh, I, I honestly, I like Man City to take this one. I, I think they're going to go. They have a massive week ahead of them. They already just took it out in Chelsea. We'll get to uh, that a little bit later on. Uh, they got Liverpool next weekend, plus, you know, PSG yeah, right away. So it's a huge three games in a row. But they look so good against Chelsea. Their high press was going, possession, the chances they were creating. I, I think they're just in two different spaces right now as clubs, right, with, between PSG and, and Man City, the way mm-hmm. they're playing. So I wouldn't be shocked Pep goes in there and actually grabs the win. Yeah. Then between uh, we got Porto and Liverpool, Porto at home. Yeah, this is going to be a tough match for Liverpool. Um, Porto's a good team. And while Liverpool has been playing ex- exceptionally well, um, you know, top of the Premier League at the moment, even if so by one point, it's still going to be a, a very good match. Porto's not an easy, sta- easy place to go to and get wow. points from. That team's always very well drilled. They're firing on all cylinders this year in their league. So they're going to have to be careful. Um especially not to get hit on, on counterattacks and things of that nature. But I still like Liverpool for this match. I think it's going to be close, but I think they'll edge it out. That debatably might be the game of this match week coming up, besides like the Milan, um, whoever Milan's playing, I think it's Atletico. But I yeah. mean, these are two high-octane teams going head-to-head. It's almost going to be like a repeat, in my opinion, of like the Brentford-Liverpool game that we watched this past weekend. 
that yeah. was just going slugging it back and forth, like hot, just back and forth, open end play. It's going to be a hell of a game to watch. I think Liverpool probably gets the edge just from quality and the way their form has been. But um, yeah, definitely, in my opinion, the game mm-hmm. of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to count them out and bet, bet against them regardless. But, I mean, Porto played Atletico very tight, and they were in Madrid, right, last time, if I remember correctly? Or so. they, drew, they drew nil no. I'm almost positive it was yeah. Atletico at home. So, for Porto to go away and get that kind of result against them, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, and then Liverpool was good, but, like, Milan took it to them last time, and wasn't they weren't really as convincing as they should have been. So, mm-hmm. t- tough to call. I honestly, it wouldn't shock me if that, that game ends up being a draw. Mm. Then uh, the Wednesday results, we or Wednesday games, we have Juventus at home against Chelsea, and then Man U at home against Villarreal, which is a repeat of the Europa League final from last year, which Villarreal won. Yeah, well, starting off with that one, this is this is going to be a tough matchup for United, and this is going to say a lot about their character going forward for the rest of the season, not only in this competition and for others. I think United has now dropped three of their last four games in all competitions. I mean, we saw what happened against Young Boys when they got the red card and, you know, they lost. They narrowly, narrowly get past West Ham only thanks to Jay Ling, Jesse Lingard redeeming himself. And then they followed it up by losing to West Ham and then losing to Aston Villa with a 90-something minute penalty. United's always kind of, for the last couple of years, has been inconsistent. But the teams that go deep in competitions and that do well and, and you know, on all fronts, they find a way to bounce back and kind of stem the bleeding. Um and for United to drop three or four, it doesn't seem like that's happening. So this is going to be a statement match. You cannot lose your opening two matches of the group and think you have a fantastic shot still at going through. Like, yeah, they're still United. They'll have a good opportunity. But this is a must-win game for United, both in their confidence in general and for the group standings. Yeah. In all honesty, um, you know, credit to young boys in the last game prior mm-hmm. when they played United. But um, I don't foresee another red card coming in like that again, in all honesty. And if they have 11 players on the pitch and Cristiano Ronaldo is one of them, I'm, I'm just, I have to go with that team. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a totally different team from when they played Villarreal last year, even, or even the six months ago, however long ago it was. So Villarreal is really good, well-trained, well-drilled in with like their tactics, but I just don't know how they'll be able to cope with the attack in all honesty. So. Yeah, it'll be tough to see. I mean, they're also in, a, in a not the easiest group either. Uh, I mean, you got, yeah. they're going to be facing yeah. Atalanta next, so they really, really need to maximize their points here uh, yeah. just to get themselves on the front foot after the first uh, you know, game week with all these teams. Obviously, at home against the young boys later on in the competition, I think they do take that one. I think they should. Mm-hmm. But regardless, any of uh, the other two teams, they're, they're just as tough. And starting off with a loss and uh, zero points against the, the young boys, that's a tough one for them. But yeah. Honestly, uh, if they weren't at home, uh, go draw or I'll, I'll give them just for you know the atmosphere be good and the guy won't be. What? Let's look. You went robot on us again. <laughs> damn it, bro. it is okay, Steve. <laughs> At what point? Do I you're talk talking binary, like <laughs> ones and zeros. I saw no one's face just change. I was like, "Fuck me." So basically, I think I think what you said is that if it wasn't at home, you'd have a little tougher decision. But being an old trapper, you take United here in this this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to go back and like like go through everything, or what are we doing? No, here? we got it. We got no, it. no. Just go past it. <laughs> okay. we'll, just take, we'll just take Vito's out. Let it go. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks. I'm not embarrassed or anything. My face isn't red. <laughs> last game. Last game for we got Juve and Chelsea. Yeah, this is. I thought it was going to be a little closer of a matchup until 
until this match week in Syria. It sounds like um, both Dybala and Morata are going to be out of this match. Yep. Uh, and given the form that Juventus was in, even with them on the field, it's kind of tough not to pick Chelsea. I know they just had a not so great match against Man City that we'll touch on later, but I think it's it's still going to be Chelsea's game to lose for this. Uh, so I, I I think it's fair to say they'll be going through. And I want to say it's um it's at the bridge. No, no, it's in it's, no, in, it's in Juventus. It's at Juventus. Yeah. Still, yeah. I mean, with your two best, you know, probably debatable your best playmaker yeah. missing, and then your out and out striker missing. It's very, very hard to imagine yeah. Juventus coming and away. Big with Rom's coming back to terrorize him. <laughs> yeah, I. He knows the stadium. He knows the way they play. Yeah. He terrorized them already. I just don't see them walking away without three points. In all honesty. Yeah, you guys hit it home. I I don't see how Chelsea doesn't go in there and take it. Although, is uh, Mason Mount coming back or no? Is He's he in a race up? for fitness right now. It's. He, anyone's guess i i think he'll play but if i'm chelsea i'm looking at how important he is and how vital he is especially given their performance without him last week against a big club like city i think you take all the time you need to rest these guys and make sure they're, they're fully fit for a long season yeah i mean you saw the difference between uh when mount and pulisic weren't out there making those driving runs so. yeah let's head over let's get to the stars and stripes section of the show where we cover the united states men's national team players from all clo- all across the globe and first off, one of the best performances he's had in a while, we got Sorginho Dest. Yeah, Dest had a really good game. I, I don't think he's been bad this season by any stretch. I think he's been averaging like a 7-3 overall um, across La Liga this year. But he played almost a full 90 minutes in, the, in a 3-0 win for Barcelona against Levante. Uh, he had three key passes, most importantly, the assist. He won 11 of 16 duels, which is just a crazy number, uh, including 11, eight recoveries, sorry. Um, so it's good to see him start hitting those those heights that you, you know he can reach. He just needs to start doing it on a more consistent basis. But it's good to see him, uh, you know, contributing to a bit of a lackluster Barcelona at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we had Tim Weah over in France. Oh, yeah. 90 minutes, one assist, five key passes. Had himself a game, right? A couple, couple uh, dribbles won as well. Um, in general, they got the win 2-1 against Strasbourg. Um, he helped, you know, create the goal, got, uh, I think he, so he got the assist and then also he drew the penalty, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Um, no, I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent. Someone correct me on this, but I'm fairly positive. He did. Um, that being said, he also took a pretty nasty knock to the head in that game. Dude's a warrior. He's playing through that injury coming back. I'm actually now 90%, 90% positive. He got the penalty. Cause I remember seeing the video highlight of him doing that. So I'm going to go out on the limb and say that. Um, but awesome game for him. Good to see him playing well. Good to see Lille playing well, especially given some of the struggles they've had, um, I think, in the Champions League pretty recently, too, and just, you know, after the French League last year. So good to see. Good to see him doing good. Yeah, no, I love the assist, too, because he beat out the defender for the ball when it was mm-hmm. right around the byline and everything and just came in, took it, mm-hmm. and just, oh, beautiful. Yeah, it'd be great to see him as, a you know, second, not second striker, but second winger to come in, help back up especially in the I mean, World Cup qualifiers. It, Hopefully he gets a nice call up. That'd be big. With I mean, he, he definitely would have without the uh, injury last mm-hmm. time out. So mm-hmm. then over to the MLS, we got Matt Turner, probably the first goalkeeper I think we've actually had on had on this uh, segment or whatnot. But a uh, whole 90 minutes play, did concede one goal, but had two diving saves, and he saved a penalty, and it was man of the match performance and a 2-1 win for New England. Um, ironically, Daryl DK was the one that did score against him, so that's good to see as well uh, from mm-hmm. the United States perspective. But uh, overall, good good game by uh, kind of, I guess, our number one keeper right now, at least going yeah, forward. Yeah, definitely part. our number one keeper. I, I've undisputed at this yeah. point. He's, so, he's Steph playing I guess lights out. Time in there. Yeah. Next up, over to Germany, Chris Richards. 
Yeah, Chris Richards had a really good game. Uh, it was a really difficult game, too. Uh, Hoffenheim versus Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg's been playing extremely well in the Bundesliga this year. Um, so it was a really defeat? good – what's up? That uh, Wolfsburg first, first defeat? I think so. Eh, that's a good question. I, it might be, yeah. No, I'm to look that this, is up. A, this is a Premier League podcast, not a <laughs> – Yeah, not no, a, but it, it was their first defeat. <laughs> that's why we don't know. <laughs> it was their first defeat. They were just about top of the table, level on points with Byron up until that. But anyway, it, no, a really good performance by him. It's good to see him getting the minutes that he, you know, that he needs to be getting. And as a center back, grabbing that assist is is definitely a boost for his confidence. He played extremely well. He created two chances from from a center back position and won four of his five duels with seven clearances. Uh, so he again just looks like he's progressing, he, showing the talent you know he has that he just wasn't getting the minutes to show on that Bayern Munich team. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy he's able to, you know, show what he's got at Hoffenheim over there. Yeah, getting think, that long back to them. Sorry, do you Mike. think he comes in and plays, steps into that center back role? Um, maybe if depending on Brooks's form right now, because it hasn't been the hottest World Cup qualifiers coming up. He should definitely be called in the camp, especially after his yeah. move over there. That's mm. that's not – I don't think that's a question, but, you know, who knows with Greg. Um, does he start right away? I don't think so, just because of how well Miles Robinson has been playing. I think Brooks uh, that's, was my, the, that's my question, is if you do drop Brooks to bring in Richards, if he's playing well and pair him with Robinson. I think you try a couple formations, a couple different combinations with them because they haven't had a ton of time together. Um I mean, they're all so young too. You just you, you got to toy around with it and see what it works, which is why a couple of those tournaments were good for it. But for <coughs> qualifiers is a tough time to make those types types of uh, gambles, mm. especially given the form we're in. Yeah, yeah, it'll depend on the system. We I think we I think we use too. So mm-hmm. if we go three center backs, we go two, and what mm-hmm. what and what we uh, actually end up going with. But mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see. I I I would say no right now. I think mm-hmm. I think Brooks is still the undisputed number one center back. Granted, his form over the last weeks hasn't been the greatest, but we'll see how much that plays in the Greg's decisions. Uh, back over to the MLS, Zardis back and healthy. Yeah, 70 minutes, two goals. Needless to say, very efficient. Got the man of the match performance and the win over Montreal. Um, in general, he's looking good. Hopefully, he will be back in camp also. If it, speaking of the World Cup qualifiers, Curious to see how much he gets utilized, um, especially kind of given some of the woes we've had up top as of late in at least the last round of qualifying. So good to see him on the score sheet. Hopefully more to come from him. So, Yeah, agreed. I think he definitely gets probably called in this time. Greg seems to love him too up front. So he'll probably be in a United States men's national team jersey. When's the roster drop, actually? It should be coming out this, this the next week. day or two, right? This, this week, yeah. For the most part. Cool, yeah. cool. An honorable honorable mention. We had a few other good performances. We can go on and on, kind of across the world right now. Uh, Pifo had a goal and a two one win. Miyazu kept a clean sheet, one nothing for Alves against Atletico Madrid. Actually, it's a really good performance there. Uh, Mark McKenzie clean sheet and a three zero win. And like I said before, Daryl DK gets back on the score sheet and a two one loss. Um, the other big news that we have from the United States front, Pepe, and reportedly on the move and getting scouted by a bunch of teams. We've heard mm-hmm. Ajax, Milan, Juve, I think Bayern even too. Yeah. What do you guys think is his best destination? Ajax, uh, absolutely. Those guys produce talent like it's nothing else. It'd be the perfect system for him to learn, to grow as a striker. Um, he'll definitely get – I mean, if he's – obviously he's good, but if he's what they view him as, I think he'll flourish there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say Ajax as well. Um, my secondary destination for him would probably be AC Milan. Uh, he's he's six foot one. He's a pretty pretty big kid. He's still only eighteen years old too. So I think getting the chance to learn from a target man like Giroud or Zlatan Ibrahimovic, given especially that's how AC Milan likes to play their form, their systems, I think that would be great for him to kind of learn through that. And 
it, I think it would, it would really be useful for him. So I would say one of those two as well. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I asked Dortmund. I'd like to see you know, anywhere that typically likes playing the young players and is not afraid to use them and get them yeah. experience. You think he replaces Holland? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It is possible. It is possible. Maybe not to the full extent of uh, how many goals he scores, but you know, might just take the number. Let's head over to uh, the Barclays Premier League, which we're supposed to be covering anyway, and to get our re- weekly recaps going. Uh, first game on board, we had Manchester City and Chelsea. Man City just gave them the D this week. They went to Stanford Bridge, took all three points in a one nothing win. Probably could have been worse for Chelsea. Uh, we had a goal line clearance by Thiago Silva in there, and just the amount of attacks and just going forward that Man City was doing. It was they basically were high pressing in FIFA, like it was FIFA 15, and just like everyone going forward, just the entire team was up there the entire match. I don't think they dropped off probably till the 75th, 80, 80th minute or so. And um, first time in a long time, I think Tuchel really got the formation and his tactics wrong for Chelsea. The The midfield three between Jorginho, Kovacic, and Conte, I thought was the worst thing we've seen in a very long time from him. Um, and they really missed Mountain Pools. It's just not dri- making those driving runs forward. Yeah, that that was – I can – Pep got a right – and Tuchel got it wrong, basically, is the final conversation for this. I mean, there's still enough talent on that Chelsea team that you can't really excuse the performance because a lot of players played potentially the worst game of the year so far for that team. Also true. Um, I think City definitely deserves all three points without a a doubt. They were the more creative. They were on the front foot. They were pressing the top. They're pressing the issue. And they just looked comfortable for large parts of the game. I think Chelsea might have had one or two opportunities – and you can tell they were starting – you can tell Chelsea even was starting to feel that way too when they were trying to spin long balls down the channels that they weren't doing earlier on in the game because they just needed to get out of that press, which was working so well for them. Kante didn't look like himself, to your point. Um, this was a statement win from City. There was a lot of talk whether or not City was a little off the pace. This was a statement win. that they're, it's, it's still technically City's to lose. If they want it, you have to beat them. Yeah, and and then the week they have coming up, we already mentioned with PSG and uh, Liverpool next Sunday. It's mm-hmm. hell of a schedule for them right now. I will say one thing: as a Chelsea supporter, it was nice to see the true colors of Marcos Alonso's again. <laughs> That's the Marcos Alonso I'm I'm used to. Aren't we all? I, I do. I did well. like the um the two striker system. I just think it was the wrong game to implement it. I think we should have stacked them. Yes. They should have stacked the midfield a little bit better and had more support for Lukaku up front. I agree. An outsider's perspective, Mike, just not two Chelsea fans. Um, to be honest, I was asleep. I was pretty hungover. <laughs> I did not. God, it was 4.30 my time and I woke up. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was out. If you're questioning myself. the dedication for the show, people. Yeah. There and it is I was right hungover, there. So that's a plus two. Anyway, a, you game actually I, I, sleep. a game I did watch was the Villa Old Trafford game, which is coincidentally the game we do have next. And interesting at the same time that you were asleep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did. Right here. <laughs> guess you anyway, got DVR. That being said, um, so that in that game in particular, um, we pretty much got a very late goal, 88th minute by House. House. Am I saying that right? Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, he almost went from hero to zero. And man, you were rewarded a penalty in stoppage time for a handball on him. But the great Emiliano Martinez with some unbelievable CONCACAF tactics going up, shouting that he doesn't want Bruno, the pen master, to take it, but he wanted <laughs> Penaldo to take it. And uh, it, really, it really got in Bruno's head, apparently, because he sent that ball to Rosed. It's still in space, floating around. He even put out an apology on Instagram and Twitter. 
saying how he'll never miss a penalty again, which I thought was kind of weird in all honesty. And impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, that being said. I thought said, the dude broke his leg or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little weird. But that being said, um, awesome win by Villa. I don't think any of us picked them to win that game as like a bold prediction in general. Um, loved Emiliano Martinez having the confidence and the cojones to step up and even talk that shit and then go afterwards to his fans and dance in front of them. That was that, so yeah. <laughs> That was epic. And He's an epic player. I'm a big fan of him on a side note. But, yeah, um, and awesome fair play player. to the supporters also in the in the parking lot afterwards doing the Ronaldo Trafford. Yeah, the reason Bruno said he wasn't going to miss another penalty is because he's officially off duty because Pinaldo's taking everyone from here on out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they had a conversation in Portuguese that was pretty yeah. simple. Just, nope, that's it. <laughs> the calling for Ronaldo, though, I the amount of a sack that that takes to do is absolutely <laughs> incredible. It, that is nuts. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on it later, too. But this is going, going back to what I was saying about Manchester United and their upcoming game in the Champions League. You, if you take a look at United's next couple fixtures, it is unbelievably difficult. They have, in order, Villarreal, Everton, Leicester, Atalanta, Liverpool, Tottenham, Atalanta again, City, a break for one week, and then they play Villarreal and Chelsea. That That's is an brutal. unbelievably brutal lineup. That, they, ten, they're ten straight games? Be, yeah, and then oh, and after Chelsea's Arsenal, well, yeah, whatever. But, uh, listen, the way they're playing right now, yeah. we'll get to that too. But. That is an incredibly difficult lineup. It is imperative that United start off on the right foot this week in the Champions League and get a couple points because they're going to need to string some momentum together if they want to maintain their position at the table. Oh, well, Gunner, Gunner better be up to the test there. Then we run over to Liver or Leicester City and Burnley, 2-2 draw. Yeah, that was a really good game. Uh, 2-2 draw. Jamie Vardy on the score sheet three times. Unfortunately for him, one of those was an own goal to open up the scoring. But he did put two in later in, later on, including an 85, 85th minute um, equalizer. Mm-hmm. Burnley almost had all three points at the end of this game. They uh, they scored a header from a free kick, but it was deemed offside, so it got chalked off and it ended all in two two. I guess really the the real takeaway from this game is are Leicester City in trouble now? Thirteenth in the league, not looking like themselves over the last couple of years. Yeah, you got to start slowly ringing the alarm bells, <clears throat> in all honesty. 13th for them is, you know, obviously, like, you know, they came from that real rags to riches story, winning the Premier League, you know, almost coming fighting off relegation. But over the past couple of years, they've definitely built the reputation, and rightfully so. And to see them sitting at 13th now, it's got to be setting off some type of alarm for Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers and the rest of those, those fans. I, yeah. I, it would be for me. So from a goal creation standpoint, too, they're not really getting forward as much. It's very heavily relying on Vardy again. Defensively, they're lacking. I thought when Vestigard came in there, they'd be you know much better off if they had some depth at center back and they'd be pulling together some more clean sheets. And instead, it's kind of going the opposite way right now. Yeah. I mean, West Ham pretty much embarrassed them the one day. They barely beat Norwich. Yeah. <sighs> my my biggest tough, problem man. for them right now is I, I feel like they're very leaky. We said it before the season started that what we saw from them at the tail end of last year, I know there were injuries and things of that nature, but their, their main crux, their main problem was letting in too many goals. They were, they just were very flimsy in the back. And you can see that again this year. I mean, they, they have a negative three goal differential. Um, 
And they're letting in two goals against Burnley. They're letting a goal against Norwich, who hasn't secured a point yet all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they played a good game against City, but they parked the bus. I know they had a red card, but another four against West Ham. They need to shore up that back line because if you keep letting in two-plus goals a game, you can't expect to be picking up the points that you want to get. Yeah, it's definitely hurt them, too, the Fafana injury uh, pretty yeah. early mm-hmm. on. But, you know, you'd think they signed a – and, you know, Vestergaard, he's a good center back. So – I would assume it'll click for him soon. Um, I haven't really watched too many of their games in particular and how he's played, but it's not like he's a bad player. So mm-hmm. they, they just got to figure out a way to tighten that back line. And, you know, maybe I know they have Adrisa Gay or not Adrisa Gay. I'm sorry. Um, can't remember the center defender, Middles, center defender's name. Uh, Indeedy, aren't you? Indeedy. Yes. Thank you. Indeedy. No, center D. Um, so, I mean, they have players there that are more than capable. It's for whatever reason, something's not gelling with them right now. So, yeah, Vito just brought up, man, you schedule Leicester's isn't any easier. They have to go away to Poland midweek game for Europa League, come back away to Palace, who's actually been playing relatively pretty good for the most part and pretty, pretty tough on defense. Mm-hmm. Then they're at home to Man U all the way. They have to go all the way to Russia then midweek again. Oof, come back away tough. to Brentford. Yeah. It, it, and that's, then that's Brighton, tough. Arsenal. Back to uh, another game against Sparta. It's not easy schedule for them yeah. easier. So if their depth is lacking right now and the goals are leaking, this next month and a half is going to be a hell of a time for them as well. Yeah, depth depth is going to be an issue for them, and it's going to become apparent pretty soon, I think, when you see those tired legs. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, going over to Everton and Norwich. Everton with a two nothing victory. Pretty standard game for them for the most part. Norwich did have their moments, and they did control a little bit in the second half. They probably could have nicked the goal, but that was basically at most what they were going to get. Uh, the initial one was a VAR penalty that was given, and uh, Towson took that and put it away. Pretty, everything pretty much cruised to 2 nothing win there. There really wasn't much in this game. Norwich, 16 straight defeats. If you go back to the last time they were in the Premier League, it's just getting worse and worse for them right now. Yeah. And that's maybe something we could talk about in a little bit, at least for their following game. Because I think the next game they play is against Burnley. Right, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be a very telling game for both teams who are in the relegation zone right now. But um, I mean, what do you think has to change for them? Like, what do they what do they need to be doing, or what is Nigel- roster? Everything. Dude, the worst part is like in the beginning of the year when they were playing the good teams, they honestly didn't even look that bad going forward, and yeah. then now they're just starting to collapse a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought they made some pretty confidence. good signings. It's like they have no confidence in on when they're on the ball. Like they're missing that crit. Once they sold Buendia. 100 percent they, they changed their entire team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's even amazing. when you even when you look at the stats, they outpossessed the Everton, they almost outshot them. They have more touches, more passes, just, just about the same corners. Like they, they played a decent game, but they're just they're not scoring any goals. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> How do you yeah. win games? <laughs> like at all. <laughs> no, no, it's really bad. I, and I feel so bad for them too. Cause I, I really I honestly going into going from the preseason to into the regular season, I really thought they made the right moves rather than like the last time they came up. And I thought they were yeah. not Agreed. even close Absolutely. To so I don't know if it's a manager thing, but they've been, they've stuck with him for, I don't even know how long at this point, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, when he gets you promoted twice in three years, it's hard, it's hard to sack yeah. the guy. They look yeah. so good in championship every year too. Have, oh so my God. Good. Yeah. Over to uh, West Ham and Leeds. Yeah. West Ham taking all three points at the death with a Mikhail Antonio 90th minute winner. Um, good to see, obviously, him back out there after his little red card incident. Um, and now leads in a very precarious and dangerous spot, dropping into the relegation zone. Um, Bamford's out injured. They haven't. I don't think they've said anything about a date yet for when he might possibly not return. yet. In, uh, ankle injury. Not sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, definitely it's good to see, you know, West Ham is, you know, kind of getting back on the ball after a little bit of a stumble, a couple draws. I think they had a, a loss in there, but you know, they came back, beat Man U. I got this win. So they're kind of trending in a positive direction. Leeds on the other hand, another one of those teams we were kind of just discussing um, and like that Norwich scenario where we kind of expected they're not, you know, with Norwich, we, we kind of knew where they were going to be, but Leeds, we thought there'd be a little bit of a slump. Didn't think it'd be this much of a slump. And for them in particular, you know, kind of same story. What's, what could be improved? What's going wrong? Where do we, where do we see that? They're just the same exact team and everyone knows and knows what they're about right now. They haven't changed anything with their identity. They haven't improved their defense and, you know, they're winless in will we six, six match weeks through now or five, six, six, right? Yeah. That's, that's not three draws for them. At what point, if you're not to say they're going to ever get rid of Marcelo Biesla, but um, I mean, at what point do you kind of start ringing that bell for him? Because, you know, sitting in that position for them, I feel like is, you know, it's, that's they're they're way better than 18. Yeah. You have, he has three more matches in my opinion. Their upcoming matches are, are against Watford, Southampton and Wolves. All three of them are not, you know, Champions League caliber teams, no offense to them. He, they need to be getting points off these teams. If they don't pick up a win in one of those three, I, I mean, then you have to start seriously contemplating because you're talking about EFL Cup against Arsenal, talking yeah. about Leicester City, Tottenham, Brighton, those types of matches coming up. So he's not going to have also, a hot seat. He also just uh, resigned too. He did, yeah, yeah. He signed. He signs one year deals though, or something along those lines. That's that's what I read. Something like that. Which is interesting. That's bold. That's bold. Yeah. From yeah. Perspective. So and and the club's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to have a hot bucket, not a hot seat soon. So, <laughs> over to uh, Watford and Newcastle. Yeah, Watford and Newcastle. Um, I mean, not the most eventful game in the world. This M1 ended up 1 1. Um, pretty, pretty decent game all around. Islam Asar continues his run of form. He's now got four goals in six matches. And in this match, he scored in the 72nd minute um, mm. to salvage a point for Watford, who are. I think, Steve, you were saying it a little farther the table than a lot of us were thinking at the beginning of the season. Now they're now sitting in 12th place with seven points. I mean, they have the identical record of Leicester City, and they're two points behind Tottenham, essentially. But um, good match from them. Steve Bruce, you think the pressure is growing on him a little bit? Oh, absolutely, man. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. They should have they had all three points in this game, too. And like, they were very creative, and they just started, they leaked one goal and they shouldn't have. They're, yeah, to my knowledge, are they still winless too? They're one of the yeah, five. They have the, they're the exact same position as Leeds. Three wins. I'm sorry, three draws and three losses. Yeah, yeah. I know we got we got shockingly five teams still winless. I'm actually kind of kind of uh, impressed by that. This this far through the season, the Premier League's ever been. Yeah, right. But yeah, now the hot seat's definitely growing on him, and then yeah, it's tough uh, to say because they they've been teetering along that bottom for how many seasons now? A while. Yeah, yeah a while. and even when they you know, they got relegated and came back up, but. I would if St. Maximum doesn't carry them to the promised land. I don't know what that's that's a lot to rely on St. Maximum yes. for. Uh, I, I love him as a player, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's gonna carry not no offense to him. I just don't think he's gonna be the, the guy to carry you into those games unless you're winning. Unless you're winning those um, one nil and their defense, I'm just not sure they're gonna be able to have those one nil type of wins. Is Wilson's how long is he out for? Was just one Wilson? Game? I think I think a couple, maybe a couple games. Is it okay? So I mean that, that's huge on them too. That's their guy going forward. But no, I would definitely say the hot seat and panic button. Hot seats on him. I don't know about the panic button just yet. Yeah, they're they're saying he could be out until after the October international break. That's a okay. long time. Yeah. 
that's tough. That's definitely tough for them. But yeah, now I would. Uh, yeah. There'll, right. be, there'll be some headlines with them. Kudos to Watford, though. Doing a lot better than a lot of, I think a lot of people realize. So, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, Sar going into the season, I thought everyone knew was the, like the talisman, and he's performing and keeping them up right now. So, definitely. Over to the game of the week, without a doubt. Possibly one of the games of the year. I will go as far and say that. Uh, Brentford Liverpool, 3 3 draw. One of the craziest games from a neutral perspective. 10 minutes into the game, there's two goal line clearances, one for each team, shot upon mm-hmm. shot. I think both of them hit the woodwork immediately. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. It was back and forth. Brentford struck first. Liverpool came back. And then Brentford actually came back down, uh, came from behind twice to uh, tie the match up. So good for them. Great story for the Premier League. Love watching them play right now. They're kind of like the leads of last year, but yeah. I, although this game was a little separate defensively, but typically a lot stronger defensively as well. I don't see yeah. any trouble with them going forward. They're very secure in the Premier League, and it's going to be fun to see how far up uh, they can push on the table. Yeah, they even almost nicked all three points at the end there. They played a ball over the top yeah. to even Tony, who very just close. didn't have it in the legs anymore. Yeah. I think Van Dyke got back and made a really nice tackle. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's, that, was def- that was a great game to watch. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. It, it was yeah. literally like it was high octane, just back and forth like exactly what you would have wanted as a neutral to your point, Steve. Um, hopefully more games fight. like that. Yeah. Heavy that's all, that's all it was. <laughs> they remind me actually a little bit more of, uh, I think wolves than Leeds that really? year they came up and finished about seventh or eighth. Mm. Okay. Bold. I think, I, I think, I think they are a little like stronger more. defensively than Leeds. That's my only, that's my only caveat mm-hmm. to not saying Leeds, but yeah, no, I, no, either no, way, I'm, I'm loving watching them right now. There's so much fun every game they're in. Yeah, and the atmosphere at their home ground, dude, is amazing. Yeah. So much fun to watch. But good good for them, dude. I mean, they haven't been back there in so long. So yeah. uh, the only thing, though, I will say, Liverpool, I thought it was a disappointing performance as well. Um, again, fun game to watch. But from a coaching perspective, I thought Klopp got it kind of wrong a little bit, and they shouldn't be conceding uh, three goals to Brentford either. So Agreed. Yeah. Next up, we got Southampton and Wolves. Yes, Wolves, 1-0 winners against Southampton. Nathan Redman opened the scoring for Southampton, uh, but after it was reviewed offsides, uh, Bruno Large ended up dropping Adama in the beginning of the game, uh, entering Cal for that matter. Ended up starting Podence, who in all honesty didn't really have the, the greatest game, and uh, Huang Hee Chan, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, didn't do too much, but uh, the one main story and the one main headline in this in particular Raul Jimenez getting the goal, awesome for him in particular. I think it was just over a year or just under a year since he had that terrible head injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to get that goal, obviously it meant the world for him. You could meant the world for the, the players. Like you could tell like that was a moment, in my opinion, at least for their season, <clears throat> something I was thinking about as a major turning point for them and probably for him in general. I think this is the point where we kind of said like, hey, like they're not playing to that Wolves style. They're not scoring. I think now that Jimenez is on that score, score sheet, it's going to give the rest of that team confidence. It's going to give, more importantly, Jimenez confidence. I think you're going to start seeing a little bit of a resurgence from that team now. So, Yeah, I'd love to, love to see Jimenez back out there grabbing goals. So that, you know, you, mm-hmm. the game missed him. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, um, and he's definitely one of the heartbeat of that team. So I, I think you're right, Mike. I think with him firing again, or, or hopefully starting to fire again, this mm-hmm. Wolves team is going to be shipping in goals nonstop, given the chances they're creating week in, week out. Yeah, hope just not. A, hopefully, Jimenez isn't shipping in goals against the U.S. and he doesn't. Get <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I truly do think this is kind of a turning point for their season now that he's 
hopefully finding his shooting boots. Yep. So. I hope so too. The only, the only thing I will say about that kind of playing like a little bit devil's advocate, they were probably one of their least creative games going forward. Actually, it was a really nice solo effort by um, no, that actually got the goal yeah. for him. Southampton, I thought it actually kind of outplayed them for the most part of the game. But um, yeah, maybe it is the turning point for them. That'd be great to see. I think they deserve it. I was kind of shocked by um, Adama not starting because I thought he was their best guy going forward. Although his final product isn't necessarily always the best in the final third with like just getting across or the pass across net. But we'll see. I guess trust in Bruno Lodge and see what goes what goes on. And we had uh, the North London Derby. Mike, cover the ears, we'll cover your eyes. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't pay attention, whatever it is. You can sing a lot of turn. You can, you can jump off the call and come back on it. Couple minutes you want. I, in all honesty, I I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> or you can rip your teeth. Yeah, first. I mean, oh my God, what I mean, what are you gonna say about this game? I, I mean, you know, I don't know whether or not to praise Arsenal more or criticize Tottenham after that that match. I mean, this is the North London derby, and Tottenham just did not show up, and Arsenal came in in all cylinders, especially in that first half with absolute blitz, three goals. In 22 minutes, uh, all of their young guys performing. I mean, Bukayo Saka, goal and assist. Emil Smith-Rowe, goal and assist. assist. Aubameyang's back on the score sheet. It was an unbelievable match for them. They were gelled up beautifully. I mean, their counterattacking was 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 almost like Arsenal of old. They were very fluid moving forward. If you look at the stats, they might look a little similar, both on Arsenal side and Tottenham side. But, I mean, this match was really just was just all Arsenal, and it's it's – Pretty incredible to see where Arsenal is right now and where Tottenham is compared to where these teams were even as close as three match weeks ago, you know, with Arsenal yeah. at the bottom of the table and Tottenham sitting on top. Um, I while, while I really would like to praise Arsenal even further, I think this, is, this game even said more about Tottenham. Uh, in particular, Nuno and Harry Kane. There was a lot of question marks when Nuno got appointed, whether or not he was going to be able to to kind of replicate what Pochettino did or what Marino doing at the beginning of his tenure, definitely not the end of his tenure. And <laughs> he's doing and his gi- best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think given, given what we're seeing about Tottenham and what we're also seeing in Wolves and the way they're playing, I think Steve, you said it earlier in the year that the Wolves team might have been better from a player standpoint than management standpoint, which is not a lot of people thought. And now mm. this is kind of proof behind it. They look flat. They look lethargic. They're lacking ideas. Kane can't get his mind out of Manchester at this point, which is an issue. And I just don't, I don't see how they're going to start turning this around at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll chime in. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, massive credit to Arsenal. Um, they hundred percent outplayed out tactic, everything you can say uh, in that game in all honesty. Um, so I'll, I'll start by saying that and it definitely feels like for Mikel Arteta, we were just talking about turning points of a season, like to your point, Vito, to go from that bottom point to now go above your rivals, bitter rivals in a North London Derby. Um, that's got to feel like some serious vindication for him and a lot of those younger players in, in all honesty, for a lot of the criticism they were hearing. So <clears throat> big moment for them. Um, and obviously give them the shout out from Tottenham's perspective, uh, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong in all honesty. There's a lot of questions asked. And at the end of the day, obviously, you know, there's players that are an issue um, and sometimes scenarios, there's tactics that are an issue with Nuno. Um, If you ask me not to get too down of a rabbit hole, but a lot of it, you know, the old saying is what a fish when it dies or something like that, the head starts to rot first, not the body. 
right? So my problem is always with the people at the top. It's Daniel Levy. I've always had that issue. Always had that thought process. So they're just not doing the things they should be doing. Um, that being said, no dis, no reason why they shouldn't have come out so flat. It was unbelievably ridiculous to see that. Yeah. So, but never had that analogy before. Actually, yeah. with the fish. I mean, completely wrong. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, Mike. Full credit to Arsenal. I think that was the best game they've played under Arteta so far. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like bar none. Yeah. I, I can't remember another time I was more impressed with this team. This That felt like Arsenal of the old, of, of the five, yeah, six was, years ago. It was Drew fluid. was still on the team, et cetera. It was very fluid. Yeah. It, and Bukayo Saka came out after the game and he said, we can always play like this. And if we do, this team will win trophies. And it's hard not to agree with that, given what they played. If they played that know, way absolutely. all through the year, they'd be in the top four positions guaranteed. Well, yeah, 100% would be fighting they, for that. Yeah. Well, if they played a team that every game that didn't have a midfield, sure. <laughs> or defense, apparently. <laughs> but anyway. It definitely helps. I definitely digress. Helps. I saw, I mean, not to get too much into it on you, Mike, but I saw in uh, Tottenham Twitter accounts, they were calling for Nino's head already this, this, this early into the season. Agreed or disagree? Um, I think he probably gets – a little run because there's a there's a couple run the games coming up where it's against you know again more bottom half type of opponents not the Champions League type of caliber coming up um, I think he'll probably get that run and if nothing happens they're not able to pick up points I think at that point they cut ties in all honesty I'd be curious to see who they bring in probably be Ryan Mason again but um, at that point you know why why keep him so okay okay I mean our so- last game of the weekend it was a uh, Monday nighter. Crystal Palace and Brighton, uh, 1-1 game. Crystal Palace got off to a, a pretty good start for the most part, controlled the game early in the first half. Uh, late in the first half, Conor Gallagher was making a driving run, fouled by Trossard, and Zaha tucked away a penalty, uh, and it actually is 400th appearance for Palace. Um, 400? Holy yeah. crap. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> from, what I, from what I read, I could have I could be mistaken. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm now Googling it. <laughs> How long has he been only on that 28? Team? <laughs> Jesus. I, I, that's probably actually that's probably about right. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at why you're talking. Anyway, sorry. regardless, <laughs> later on, um, right at the end of the game, right 95th, 94th, 95th minute, right before stoppage time is over. Uh, goalkeeper clears it out, one pass over the top, right back at him, and Neil Mape. Tucked away, nice little chip shot right over the top, and then just ran straight to the fans and just bragged right in their face for about three minutes straight. It was amazing to watch. Scenes right there. Him and Zaha got into a little bit, and then uh, after the game too, they uh, both sides are kind of being chippy. Yeah, those clubs do not like each other. That's a weird rivalry. Did you hear about it, or did you read how? No, I know the I know the rivals, but I don't know the backstory fully. It's from what I was reading and seeing on uh, right before the game when I was watching it and working at the same time. They basically said that I, I believe like the Eagles, you know, had like the uh, or they had the name prior or something along those lines. And then the Seagulls came and they for whatever reason, it kind of sparked this this rivalry. And I could be getting the story wrong, but it's it's pretty interesting how they kind of just became to hate each other, even though they're like 35 miles away, 36 miles away. So. Interesting, interesting. I'm sorry. 363 appearances. Not far off, though, so you guys can both screw yourself. <laughs> Where did I see 400? I don't the know. The movie? Oh, wait, that was 300. 
dumbass. <laughs> oh, if yeah, you add but, in, okay, if you add in, oh, I'm sorry, if you add in his international games, it's 400 total. Okay, ah, there you go. Okay, my apologies. 400th career match of his, like his own career. There you go. But Cheers. yeah, I mean, overall, incredible game week. A lot, a lot went, a lot went down, and thankfully, none of it was VAR or controversy related. Just a lot of good matches and mm-hmm. some surprising results and some statement games. So it was an incredible match week. A lot of late goals, actually. A lot yeah. of them passed by by the 80th minute. Yeah. We'll say, speaking of that pass game, the Palace-Brighton game, both teams doing surprisingly better, especially Brighton, surprisingly better than where I would have initially pegged them at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. Uh, Patrick Vera's team, he's got them playing He's got them playing pretty well. So, they're, they're their team to watch out for for any anybody who's playing them. So, Let's just say someone called that uh, the, out of us three. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Let's move on to our bold predictions for the week. Uh, we just ripped through all these games real quick. First up, we got Manchester United and Everton. Tough one. Everton's playing extremely well. Manchester United is not. While they have the quality, uh, maybe a slight quality edge, hard hard to go against Manchester United and angry Ronaldo at Old Trafford. So I will take a Manchester angry United Ronaldo. win. Angry Ronaldo. Who, what were you saying? You said they have to travel to how many places and play who? They have like a pretty crazy schedule coming up. In general, well, now they they have a crazy schedule coming up, but this this match week is a home game for them, so their next two matches are at Old Trafford, so no travel for the next week and a half. I'm gonna take a draw in this game. I almost said I'm with that. Michael as well on that one. All right. Next up, we already kind of mentioned this before. We have Burnley at home, Turf Moor against Norwich City, who I'm not gonna say desperately need a win, but pretty much really, 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 really need a win. Yeah, I, I like how Burnley have been playing lately. I I think it's going to be a draw, but I think it's going to be a tough-fought draw. I think this might be the finally the time Norwich Abel is able to pull a point out of this. I don't think they're going to be able to overcome Burnley just because they know how to defend better than most teams in the Premier League. Um, but I think it's going to be a tight affair, one, one game or so. You think I mean, they score? That's what I was going to yeah. say. I think Norwich finally gets the goal, but I don't think they hold on to the lead. And I think it, it becomes a 2-1 Burnley win. Okay. I'm taking a Burnley win as well. Then we got Chelsea hosting Southampton. Yeah, I think it's Chelsea through and through. Southampton, one of the teams without a win this year. Four they draws. Did, hey, they did – didn't they tie against Manchester United earlier? City. City? At City. Yeah. City. At City. Yeah, no, they're not, a, oh. they're not a bad team at all. I just – I think Chelsea's going to be too much for them. Same. Angry Ronaldo, I think we got an angry Chelsea team. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to bet against Chelsea. So, Chelsea. Another good game we got. Uh, Leeds at home against Watford. Oof. You and go you first, know, Mike. You know, my head. Peter doesn't want the pressure. I know. My, my head obviously wants to go Leeds, but the way they've been playing, the way Watford's been playing, just in form. Ugh, man, I, I feel like this has a draw written on it. In my opinion, um, Leeds probably get a goal. Watford probably equalizes relatively late on. So they're just too leaky defensively for me to trust them to not give up something. So, yeah, I think it's going to be all level here as well. I'm going to take a Leeds win. I'm going to keep predicting that until it actually happens. <laughs> or you're keep just predicting totally it for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds till I die, baby. Next up, Wolves hosting Newcastle. I'm uh, taking a Wolves win here. Ditto. 
I, I like I said, I think that was the turning point the last game with him. And as I think they're going to turn it on, Newcastle's kind of been in a slump. So, yep. I'd, I'd have to go Wolves here. I'm just going to play devil's advocate to everything you guys said today. I'm going to take a draw. Newcastle actually looked really good in their last game. I thought they should have gotten all three points, just one defensive lapse. Um, and then Wolves just haven't been going forward as much uh, or as well as they were earlier in the season. The primetime game that day, Brighton hosting Arsenal. Much better game than probably uh, we would have predicted coming into the season. Yeah, no, very good game. One of the games of the week other than Pool versus City, obviously. I'm taking Brighton. Cannot, can't bet against Brighton right now. They are, they are in four and they're hot. Even when they're down, they're not. It, they, they yeah. just find, they're finding ways to claw back and, and scrape out these victories and or, or draws. Arsenal look good. This is going to be interesting to see if Arsenal can replicate that form from last week. It's going to be a, a, a major statement for them if they can and an even bigger statement for them if they can't. Um, but I think Brighton's just flying high right now, and I think, I think it'll end up being a draw, I think. Yeah, consistency, at least under Mikel Arteta's run, has been the Achilles heel, right? Um, and defensively, that's also been their Achilles heel. What did Brighton do really well? They create chances. They push forward. They defend well. Um, and to Vito's point, they're clawing and finding a way back into games they probably shouldn't be, or they at least last year, they weren't. Yeah. So with that being said, I think emotion's still running high, still feeling confident after the North London derby. I do think Arsenal get a goal. I think Brighton find a way to squeak out three points here. And I think they win 2-1. Okay. I'm going to take an Arsenal win. I just like I honestly just really, really love the way they were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look so fluid on the ball. Everyone going forward, Saka, Smith Rowe, Aubameyang was getting in there, linking them up with uh, both, with both of them kind of almost playing like a false nine role sometimes. So uh, I'll go 2-1 Arsenal. Over to Sunday, early morning game, Crystal Palace hosting Leicester. Yeah, I, th- I think this is Palace's game to lose. Uh, home side, Leicester has to go over to them. Clearly not playing up to their typical standards or what you know they expected themselves as far as Leicester's concerned. Um, so I, th- I think Palace is in a good run of form, even though they're not getting the points I think they should have, especially you know last week against the team we just talked about, Brighton. So I give, I give Palace all three points here. Bold. Yeah. Bold, yeah. bold, bold. I know. I'm going to say a draw, a 1-1 draw, something along those lines, 0-0 uh, maybe. Um, Palace look really good going forward, Just uh, which is I, – I didn't think they, they would for the majority of parts of the season, but they are, credit to them. Leicester have their problems right now, and I think that's going to come back to haunt them still. So I'd probably say a draw. It's been a month since Leicester City have won a Premier League game. They're due. Daniel's logic. <laughs> Leicester City. I thought you were going to go the opposite way as soon as you said that. I thought you were going to be like, nah, they're beat. <laughs> nope, nope, they're due. That's all, right. all I got. They're due. That's it. Next up, 9, p- or 9 a.m. game Eastern time. Tottenham hosting Ashton Villa. Two teams in a little bit of opposite directions right now, Michael. They are. But, um, you know, I was reading online, too. When Mauricio Pochettino first started, I'm, I'm, I'm being the ever optimist here. When he first started managing Tottenham, he went through a little bit of a slump himself. And then the game that turned it around for him was when he brought on Harry Kane versus Aston Villa. So that being said, hopefully he obviously plays Harry Kane versus Aston Villa, <laughs> first and foremost. But secondly, um, I do think Spurs have to come out with something after that piss poor showing, that piss poor performance. If they don't, 
you might as well fire Nuno on the spot because he can't get anyone out of that anything out of that team. Um, they're going to come out swinging. I think I, I really do think Tottenham probably get a one nil win here, uh, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, they got to do something. Yeah, I, I I actually agree with Micah that they're going to win this game. I was a little hesitant at first, but I think maybe for different reasons I'm thinking that. <laughs> but, mm. but I I think that that North London derby like. You can you can lose to Chelsea three zero right, and you can't lose the next game. No, yeah, not, it's I'm not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to lose the too, North though. London derby and get beat the way they did, I think they're gonna. I think that will set fire in Harry Kane and and Son's yeah. stomach. I think they're gonna come out. They're gonna come out wanting to just take it to Villa the entire game. I, I think they're gonna get all three points here, two one. It's like a one one draw, like the way Ashville has been looking lately. Uh, going forward, uh, they have plenty of talent, especially with all the signs that they made. And defensively, they've been pretty, I want to say rock solid, but they've been pretty good in the back. So mm-hmm. um, they're outside backs too, like someone like Matty Cash, they're not afraid to get forward and provide as much as possible, go, uh, getting up there and a lot of pressure, high pressure. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to take, take a draw. I, I like 1-1 one, one in that one. West Ham-Brentford could be a hell of a game again. Yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I I feel like I gotta take the over. Brent- Just take the I feel over. Like I gotta ride the Brentford train. Like I, I don't. My heart's telling me to do it. So they are in no, London. They are they no. are at West Ham. That's okay. I'm still gonna take Brentford. I I got a feeling. I'm just gonna go with it. Let it ride. Steve, what do you think? Logically, it tells me West Ham should pick them apart. Mike's in my head. I'm going to take at least a draw. <laughs> Oof. I'm taking the draw as well. They, when they met in uh, the end of July, and it was, you know, not a big game, but it was, a, it was a tight game. I think, I think it's going to be more of that. Two, 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 two sounds like a, a perfect yeah, that's exa- that yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Again, just take the over whoever's listening. Yep. Hammer it. And the last game of the weekend, we got Liverpool hosting Manchester City. I'm going back to back draws on my predictions here. I'm gonna, I think it's going to be a, a draw here. City's been not fire, not firing as well as they should have, but Leicester, uh, Liverpool's defense has been looking a little suspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tight game, but it'll be a draw. Yeah, I, I think a draw is probably the right scenario here. Um, I still think this is one of those games. Not to say it didn't come back to haunt them against Chelsea because obviously they won, but not having that central figure, especially to occupy a Van Dyke. Um, I I think that's just, they're going to have a tough time creating chances. And I can easily see it being like a 0-0-1-1 draw. So, Yeah, last time Liverpool's actually beaten Man City, it's been almost two years. Uh, It was November 2019, so. Champions League? No. No, Premier League game. Premier League. So, yeah. Tough to say. I, a draw does sound like the right result. I was having fun going against you guys the entire night, though. But I will agree with you one time and one time only. Uh, one one sounds probably about the right result for that one. All right. What are you guys' thoughts on the uh, table, real quick? Surprises, all that kind of stuff. Real, we'll, go, we'll rip through it uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, not not surprising to see who's in the top four: Liverpool, City, <laughs> Chelsea, United. We've been saying that pretty much Any all year. Four, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious what you know. Brighton is definitely the overperformer or the surprise performer this year. It's good to see them there. West Ham still about seventh place. 
Um, I'm not overly surprised to see Leeds not doing well. I said at the beginning of the, the beginning of the year that I thought they were going to hit a sophomore slump. They're kind of a one dimensional team in how they play. I thought like 13th, 14th. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, 14th, yeah, 14th ish, not 18 without a win over six games. That was not anticipated yeah. at all. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear who the who the surprises are. Brentford and Brighton for me are the two teams that I'm most happy to see playing well and surprise me at playing well this well. In all in all honesty. I think there's one you're leaving out is that that fifth place team right now, Everton, right? The one right above them too. I did not expect Everton to be in that fifth spot and they're at level on points 13 with Chelsea, with Man U, with City. Um, You know, like I I think they're, I don't say punching above their weight because they do have a talented team, but at the beginning of the season, I did not think they'd be sitting at the fifth place spot and I don't think they'll end there, but um yeah, I mean, they're so far, they're doing really well. And Raul Benitez, too, is doing a hell of a job coaching them. Yeah, I think they got shit on a little bit too much because of their transfer window, but they really didn't yeah. lose anyone important either. So they basically carried over the same squad and then improved with Towson with the midfield. Uh, Gray, who's been, I think, one of the best $1.5 million signings of all time. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not like, I'm surprised they're, I guess, maybe fifth, but. At the same time, I think we all like, we all kind of knew they'd be a relatively you know top of the table team and kind of put punch punching for Europe. I would imagine would be their. I goals. don't know. I mean, if you remember last year, they started off incredibly high and were top of the table. Yes, Carl Ancelotti was in charge, who is admittedly probably a little bit better than Rafa Benitez in terms of being a manager. Um, but they were they were extremely extremely hot last year until there was injuries to a Charleston and Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I I don't think it's out of the ordinary for them to be up there. It's just, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain the consistent nature, not the pace of wires to be a fifth place team. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, it'll be tough. Then biggest surprise on the bottom half. What do you guys, I mean, obviously Leeds, I think we could all go about that, but let's just throw a second team in there. My boys, Burnley, Sean Dyche. What are they doing? <laughs> down there, bro. Get out of there. I've been talking you guys up to be in the 17th and 16th spot consistently. He's got 32 uh, more games, baby. Uh, he'll he'll I'm still confident in him. He'll he'll pull it out. Um, but yeah, obviously the the bottom three Norwich, you know we kind of expected potentially Leeds and Burnley, definitely especially Leeds. Um, we're not expecting them to be a, a relegation phase for. Um, we'll see. It, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting couple games for yeah. a couple of these clubs. So I think you have to go up to the 13 and 14 slot to find the two teams you're surprised to be as low as they are, and that's Leicester City and Wolves. Agreed. You knew, yeah, I mean, Nuno left Wolves, and that was a good combination for that club. I mean, while while he's not necessarily succeeding in the best fashion at Tottenham right now, they they were good with him at the helm. And Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers, given how they performed last year, to see them that low as well. I mean, between them, they have four wins in 12 matches. That's that's not typical of these two teams. So mm. the alarm bell should start to ring in a couple weeks. I agree. I'm, I'm with you on those. Those are definitely my uh, my other two teams as well. That very shocked to see in the bottom bottom ten of the league. Uh, moving on to our prediction counter, you got me with 29. Both of you guys tied with 27. Second place again. It's okay. It's not about how you start, but how you finish. I'm gonna finish strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always finish first, right? First is the worst, bro. Yeah, that's what you say. Any other final thoughts you guys got though? No, I mean we hit it all this week. It just I'm still a little shocked at the, you know, the Super League ruling. And but other than that, I think it was a great match week. 
we'll obviously Champions League plus Premier League back uh, for this week. So it's, it's going to be a great week. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, United States roster coming out for the upcoming qualifiers, just seeing who's out there. Uh, you know, the changes from the first team to the second one, and then, you know, with the injuries, Reina, Pulisic, and what, what's going to happen with uh, those guys and some other ones. I yeah. think Tyler Adams picked up a knock too, didn't he, over the last he game? Did. Yep, yeah. did, yeah. Um, he's he's – uh, they're saying that for the Champions League game, for him in particular, he is like 50-50 right now. To okay. play, he'll, he won't start, but he'll probably get some minutes. All right, so, so another week out, he should be all right then, hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll do it for us on this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, and hit the bell to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets and updates about the show and world football in general. I'm your host, Steve, with Vito, Mike, signing off.